Hello and welcome to Reality Speaks. This is your host, Jake and Orton, and this is the podcast where we ask questions. What's really going on in the world? What does the Bible really say? What should we as Christians be doing about that? So today we hit off on controversial topics. Um, And we were talking about free will, choice, and destiny, really. Fate. Is there a certain thing that has to happen in our lives? Is there a certain person that we're meant to be with? Um, Did Judas have to be the disciple to betray Jesus? Could it have been any disciple? I'm not 100% sure that we were totally agreed on all of these. But at its core, I don't necessarily think these are questions that are heaven or hell issues. But at the same time, I do think they're questions that could, if viewed in the wrong way, lead to heaven or hell issues. If you don't repent of your sins... Be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and live a holy life. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God and you can be backslid. You can uh, step away, have once done this, and later on no longer be living for the Lord. I I believe that wholeheartedly. And uh, we had a topic, uh, this conversation that we get into we didn't all agree at all times. And I don't necessarily think that we all came out 100% agreed on everything. But that's okay. This is a an important conversation. You might even call it a crucial conversation. And it's reality. And the reality that we face is the reality we have to bring the gospel to. Everyone must be saved, and we have to reach this world. Kind of a long conversation today, so I'm going to get out of your way. And please, give this a listen. Keep an open mind, and uh, let's get into the conversation. All right, so today we are hitting... The first of our controversial topics series, even in talking about this before we got started, the conversations were flying. I'll tell you, the conversations were flying. Um, So feel free to chime in at any given moment and tell us what you think about what we are saying to y'all today. Um, we're going to be starting out by reading Romans 8 and 27. And, uh, this is kind of, um, a, there's a term in here with a variety of thoughts that go around it. Um, Romans 8 and 27 starts by saying... And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what's in the mind of the Spirit, 
because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his sons, that he might he be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. So, there's a few, there's a couple popular verses in there. First of all, obviously, Romans 8, verse 28. Uh, We have Romans 8, verse 28, which is, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. And then we also have this other one talking about whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Whom he predestinated, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. So we're getting to this question here. What is destiny? I'm trying to avoid the ideas of humans by the name of destiny. We're not talking about humans with that name. We are talking about uh, obviously life is meant to be. Is destiny or fate a biblical idea? I mean, there's a perfect will of God for your life. Do you want to join us on the couch? Me, I don't care. <laughs> I'm trying to get answers out of these people. <laughs> I was about to answer and somebody cut me off. I think it's yes and no. Yes and no. I think the, like Mom said, the will of God can kind of be destiny. But a lot of times, like, the idea of destiny is a little more. Like the idea, fairy tale. no matter what was going to happen, Arthur was going to find the stone and pull the sword from it. I was thinking Arthur Dito. I'm not referring to the Ardmore. I'm referring to the king. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, that fateful night in Gotham, Batman was going to walk. Uh, Bruce and his parents were going to walk into that alleyway in Crime Alley and they were going to be gunned down by Joe Chill and he would decide at the age of eight that I must avenge their deaths. And Yeah, I mean, that's... A I didn't know his name was Joe Chill. Comic nerd status. That's Crime Alley. Yeah, what, what, what people think if you walk down Crime Alley, you're not going to die. <laughs> With your with well, your we pretty pearl necklace. <laughs> Actually, they were leaving an opera, but whatever. <laughs> he has uh, an opera somewhere called Crime Valley. Alley. Alley. Whatever. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the alley we were walking through the other day, going to the restaurant. Nope, not really. It wasn't called Crime Alley. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Madisonville, not Gotham. Yeah. Um, no, that was. Crime Alley, that was Sug Street. <laughs> That's a little different. <laughs> Sug Street's a little different from Crime Alley. 
that, that's where they're trying to get their best town on Earth status shining more than anything else. Actually, it was a block of... Well, whatever. <clears throat> We're, it's pretty much Soak Street. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. I mean, destiny is something that preachers love to talk about. I mean, NAYC 2017, destined for greatness, was Victor Jackson's message. Was it, no matter what, that fateful day in Florida at the college as he walked through the campus, was it no matter what that he was going to have that person stop him and say, hey, you want to join us for a Bible study? Was that meant to happen no matter what? I think it was God's will and it was meant to happen, but human will could have gotten in the way of it. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's where we get in this thing that if God destined it to happen, does that mean it's a foregone conclusion? Is it inevitable that it's going to go if the way that the it case, is? If that's the case, what's the point in starting churches? Yeah. What's the point in witnessing? What's if the no point matter, in having that campus Bible if study? If no matter what we do, it still happens, there's no point in trying. Yeah, what's the point in starting that campus Bible study if you're not going to occasionally have that tall basketball player decide to join your Bible study and end up shifting his entire purpose from where instead of playing in a basketball arena he ends up preaching in one. Yeah. Yeah. What's the yeah, exactly. These amazing shifts. What's the point of throwing Saul off his horse if he's not going to shift his horse because of that? Yeah. Um and that's kind of where a whole lot of this is. Uh but that I, this idea that no matter what, it's going to go a certain way led to a man uh, named Rob Bell uh, writing the book. And one of the chapters in that book is called, is called Does God Get What He Wants? And he's talking about this verse here in 2 Peter 3, verse 9. Uh, let me read it here. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Peter writes and tells us, <clears throat> The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He says, Does God get what he wants? You would think he's God, so obviously that means if he's not willing that any should perish, but all that all should come to repentance, that means everyone should go to heaven, right? Well, God wants it. So does God get what he wants? That's Rob Bell's question that he poses in this book. Who's Rob Bell? I guess He's not a preacher always. who doesn't believe that hell exists. I knew I heard that name. Rob Bell believes that hell doesn't exist because why would God does send people read to hell? The Bible? Francis Chan doesn't think so. <laughs> He wrote a whole book to talk about how Rob Bell's book was horrible and that hell obviously exists if you read the Bible. Uh, it's a very interesting book that um, you really, uh, it, it's a really good book. You really should read it. 
But obviously, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's will goes one way, but we don't always go the direction of God's will. I mean, we even have it where Jesus said, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not baptize people? Did we not do many wonderful works in your name? But I will turn to them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. Obviously, people are going to go to hell. But whom he did pre, whom he did know, he did predestinate, and whom he, uh, and they, them he also called, and whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, and I called you to be a prophet to the, to the nations. He knew us from the beginning. He called us from the beginning. But he also says, many are called, but few are chosen. Because you choose not to be chosen. You can say that, but it's true. He he tells a parable where he talks about a father called his two children to... Jesus tells a parable where he talks about how he called... Uh, there was a father who called two children. He told his first son, Hey, will you go work in my vineyard today? The son said, No. So he left and said to his other son, Will you go work in my vineyard today? The son said, Yes. So the father leaves. The first son says, Okay, I need to listen to what dad said to do. The second son doesn't do it. And he asked, So which one did the father's will? Obviously, the first one. But the first one said no at first. So, many are called, but few are chosen. And who does the choosing fall to? In the end, God. But what's he going to choose based on? You're choosing to answer the call. So that gets into our questions we asked. <laughs> we asked several questions. Um, I'm going to pull up some statistics on the questions we asked uh, here on the Facebooks. Uh, and here they are. So the question, the first question we asked, uh, 77% said yes on and that question was so God has a will written out for our life does he have a certain plan about who you're going to marry I think yes so you say yes what do you think thank you <laughs> uh I do say yes. Okay, okay, uh, let me... at the same time, sometimes husbands and wives die and they remarry. And you have someone who chooses not to obey the will of God and goes and marries somebody else. Then what? Okay, so... Let's get Texas's answer before we move Let's on. hear Texas because we've had some chiming in from other people. 
Well, here's this. People say all the time, God has a perfect will, then he has a permissive will. Yes, that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When you're saying that, you've got to understand that there's somebody God surely has for you that is perfect, but but there is also someone that is good and acceptable. What about about David? So is there even a yes or no to that? What about David? What about David? David had like ten wives. Yeah, but (laughs) that's not the same. It's Uh, also different now. Yeah. Okay, but it's not different in a lot of countries. Yeah, well, think true. about this. Would I mean God knows all things? Wouldn't God have known that in America it was going to be polygamy was going to be a that crime? Michael was going to despise David for dancing before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Would he have allowed that to happen? Well, he did allow it People to happen. People make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So think about all the people that surely God wanted to be together and then one of them cheated on the other. Well, yeah. See, that I'm just God saying. God didn't want them to be together just because he didn't want them to do that. It was good and acceptable. Uh, well, I mean, and that's what I was saying before. Brother Adams taught that there's a plan A. Yeah, that's what he wanted. But what if somebody messes it up? He allows for a plan B or a plan C. Right. So the question is, what the, is the question? The way I phrase it, question, is there a one? Yeah, I don't think there's a one. No. I do not think there's a one. Because I don't think God's going to make someone be alone for the rest of their life just because the person he wants Just because the be person they didn't even meet yet made some horrible mistake at 15. Yeah. And honestly, the way it works is, or 30, is we <laughs> imagine the one, but God might not even believe. In the one perfect well, that's person, the question. For yeah, that's what I said. If God doesn't the believe one that, is our terms, we made that up. We put in our heads, God, the idea I believe that He's are, the one. I believe there He's is the one, one person out there that we are meant to marry. We put that, and in that's our not always true either, because sometimes you get married and then your spouse dies. Yeah, because we put the idea in. of the one in our heads. So when we think about it, we ask, "Is there just the one for me?" This the one? That I don't person? think God, as an author of your life, is the same as, um, oh, what's, what's that man's name? No, but did God know that when I was five, I was going to meet the one? Yes, God. Of course he knew. So, but if that had not worked out, something else could have still worked out because we live in a fallen world. I guess. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Um, well, God was did also... God, did God know when we set up this podcast today that we were going to actually have four people talking? Yes, I'm sure. God was also leading you <laughs> down... I that's why you... God was also leading you down a path that led you to Him. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, in the beginning, God did say, it is not good for man to be alone. Uh-huh. That's what Scripture says. Um, scripture says it's not good for man to be alone. So he will make a help meet for him. I've heard preachers turn that on its head and not and say that's not just about uh, that's not just about uh, wives and husbands, but it's also about you people need friends. Yeah. 
like for example, there's very notable preachers who have chosen to never get married. Most notable, of course, being Brother Stone King. I don't question that. I think he's in the will of God for his life. Probably the perfect will of God well, for his life. And Paul, as far as we know, was not married. Um, some say divorced. Some say he was divorced. Some say some other circumstance might have happened. But Paul, as far as we know, was not married. So I don't believe there's someone for everyone. Like some people say, oh, there's somebody for everybody. That's not necessarily well, true. I mean, the Bible talks about someone made eunuchs. And, and something else it says there, some by choice. Mm-hmm. It don't say by God's choice. It says by their choice. Mm-hmm. And Paul even made it, he said, it's my recommendation that if you're going to be in the ministry, don't be married. He actually said, it's my recommendation. He said, now I say this. God didn't say this, but I say this. Yeah. It's a recommendation. I mean, it, it, it is something that he does say. He points out. He said, you're a lot, you're able to focus a lot more on the work of God if you're not married. He said, however, a lot of people mess themselves up if they don't get married. So there's a lot of different perspectives you can go on that. But as far as does God have a plan ahead of time of who you're going to be with, I believe God has a best case scenario. A best case scenario. If you're living for God the way you're supposed to and they're living for God the way they're supposed to, I believe there are best case scenarios. Because there is no questioning that some people are with the absolute best case scenario they could have been with. Mm-hmm. And there are also stories of, man, their ministry would be better off if they hadn't got married to them. Yeah. Man, their ministry would have been better off. So, which also leads me to the picture that you have the choice of who you end up with. God has a plan, but you can step out of said plan. Uh, we also talked about this one. I'm not sure if we need to talk about these in the order that they come. Uh, on the question, in the order I asked them. I think I'm going to save that one for later. And I'm going to tie these two questions together. Okay. Uh, 57% of people said that they... Uh, I asked the question, is there one certain person on this planet, or not on this planet, depending on your beliefs, um, most people say that we are in the end times, which also leads to likely believing there is a person on this planet right now who will be the Antichrist. Uh, is there a certain person who will be the Antichrist or could it have been or could they have made choices to not be to lead to them not being the Antichrist and someone else instead inevitably someone's going to be but could a certain person make choices that would lead them to being or not being the Antichrist I think that and when we were talking about this before we got 
something that made me doubt myself, but I still am leaning towards this. I, I really think the answer is no. I think God has chosen somebody that's going to be the Antichrist. I really think that. I think that. But then, the other question you asked. Are you going to ask that now? Yeah, let's tie in this other question. So, uh, 40% of people said yes, 60% said no, on did the disciple that betrayed Jesus have to be Judas? And then, on that one though, I want to say no. But yes. But Texas said you that can't I, I can't say no. I can't have to say the same answer on those Texas I don't states. see why. Why would you have to say the same answer? You have to. Why? Because they're both yourself. people How in positions of power. Because the Antichrist becomes possessed with the devil. Judas? So did Judas. Oh, so did, did Judas. Yeah. Ah! So did Judas. It says. It literally says that. It, it says, as Judas left the Last Supper, that he was possessed, that then Satan entered into Judas. Man, and it really does contradict itself. You're right. But I don't know which answer it changes for me. I really don't. You don't know which answer it changes for Well, here's my take on it. And I'm going to stick with the Judas conversation. What? I believe... You never answered No, I didn't. Here, here's my take on it. So it says here uh, in John chapter 6, Jesus says, Have I not chosen 12 of you and one of you is a devil? The, the prophecy says that he was basically now, talks about he was betrayed by a familiar friend. Uh, so it might not have even had to be one of those 12, but Jesus really narrows it down to saying one of you 12 is a devil. But which one did he call a devil? Okay. Did he call one of them a devil? Or he just... Get thee behind me, Satan, he oh. said to Peter, not Judas. Uh, another time, he, he told two of his disciples, you don't know what spirit you're of. When they said, to a, said about a Samaritan city, should we call down fire from heaven? And one of those was the man that described himself as the disciple Jesus loved. Uh, and finally, we have another one who says, I will not believe unless. So all, I believe all four of those disciples had the potential in them, Thomas, James and John, and Peter, had potential in them to go in the wrong direction. But what was the difference between Judas, James, John, and Peter, and even Thomas? What was Judas's destiny? No, that's not what I was okay. going to say. Judas, I heard this, and I don't really know how it ties in, and I don't remember who I was listening to. But I heard some was it Bishop say, White? <laughs> was it Brother White? I think it was. That he was the only, Judas was the only one of the disciples who was a Jew, and the rest of them were Gentiles. No, no. Or he no, was no. from no, no. Galilee. The only Galilean. one who was not a Galilean yeah, 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 yeah. and was from a different tribe. Galilean, not Gentile. Yeah. Uh, who was not from the same tribe as the rest of them. He was from the south, and they were more... And to uh, me, what that, how that ties into this question is I feel like Jesus picked him because he knew he would betray him, and he knew somebody had to betray him for his will to be... So killed. you're saying Judas yes. was meant. I am saying that. So you think that mind. he had no chance of being saved? But what about what I said? What'd you, what'd 
he said he betrayed him. I have a question though. He had the chance Does the Bible not yeah. say in the prophecy that it talks about the money being thrown into the potter's field and it also talks about there was a prophecy in the book of Psalms that says let another one take his spot. Yeah. Yeah, so if he If another one was meant to take his spot, he had to be taken out of that spot. So he could have been saved. But that doesn't mean he had he. Even if he was saved, they would not have let him return to being a disciple. They would have. Why did they let Peter back after he betrayed Jesus? Else. Yeah, Texas. So Jesus said so. Jesus. Yeah, but did Peter turn Jesus in to the Romans? No, he no. didn't. Peter just. What about Paul then? <coughs> Paul God was Paul. actively going it. After Paul Jesus called, was, called had Judas. a hand in killing hundreds of Christians. Yeah, and then Mar- Barnabas So So what? My point is, if Paul could turn around and become that one was of the greatest, I'm asking, <coughs> cut me off. <laughs> if Paul could repent and still be used of God, why couldn't Judas? Okay, in hindsight, you're right, but. In their current times, I believe it would have happened exactly how it happened. Well, duh. Well, obviously it okay, happened Brother exactly David the way it happened. What did Judas he say? was an example of how easy the devil can get into your spirit and turn you away from Christ, even an apostle. Yes, I believe that. And that's why I believe that they had a choice which one it could have been. Because it could have been, as long as one of them was a devil, Jesus' statement was true. I don't lean towards the idea. So you think it had to be a disciple, but it didn't have to be Judas. I think so. What I said is because, I as I said, had to be I believe all of them man. made that choice. But I can agree. I think Peter, I uh, Peter, John, and James made a very conscious choice early in their walk. I'm going to be as close to Jesus as possible, while Judas made the choice that your holiness makes me angry. The key point when it says immediately Judas went out was when Judas rebuked him. When Jesus rebuked Judas for getting on to the woman who washed Jesus' feet. It says immediately he went out to seek a way to betray him. He went straight to the he went straight to so the Pharisees like and said Jesus embarrassed him and his pride made him do something rash. Yeah. yeah, and on the other hand, when Jesus turns to Peter and says, "Get thee behind me, Satan," and when G- Jesus tells uh, James and John, "You don't know what spirit you're of," but they've just said something else too. Jesus told them they would all turn away and deny Jesus. Yeah, they all would and turn I, away. I mentioned and this earlier Jesus. to you. Uh, he told them. You read where he was telling them, "I'm about to be crucified. I'm about to be yeah. denied." And they, when the crucifixion happened, they were totally shocked. I think they just completely missed it, every one of them. I don't think any of them realized what they were getting into. Oh, no. Of course not. Mm-mm. So do you think Judas didn't believe that he would really die? He may not have. I mean, honestly. I don't think he did. You don't think he I, I've, even, I've heard some people Judas theorize. Judas, before the, the um, Satan entered into him, possessed him. 
And I believe that's the key moment. I think that's the key moment. I think there are a ton of politicians in the world. Reacted today. in anger and embarrassment and did something that we didn't mean to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's the thing. Uh, it says that the moment that he got up from the table at the Last Supper is when it says immediately Satan entered into Judas. And then he goes, gets the gets the soldiers together and says, I know, and tells them, hey, I know where he's going to pray tonight. Let's go. Let's meet him. Let's arrest him. But it was God's will the whole time. It, yeah, but that doesn't mean that it had to be Judas. It does not mean it had to be Judas. But from the moment that the woman broke the alabaster box on Jesus' feet, it had to be Judas. From the moment that the alabaster box was broken on Jesus' feet, Judas chose his course. And then from the moment he got up from that table... I see you over there disagreeing. I see your face. From the, that's the way I view it. Now, you let me let me bring no, no, this no, into not, I mean, our I modern context. Question. Hold on. I want to ask him a question. If you don't agree with this, yes or no, tell me I'm wrong if you do agree. I, I don't agree. Okay. So if you don't agree... So you believe when little Judas was the size of Corbin, God meant for him to betray him and become a terrible person that people talk about how awful they are for the rest of eternity. Yeah, uh, here's when the thing. When he was little bitty baby Corbin. Yes. Wow, really? That's just, that, that's, that's terrible. Mean God. No, it's not. Why? So is he, Explain you it to that... us then. He created him with that in mind that Judas was going to be the one. Yes. So you think when little Judas That's was hurt. playing on the ground like That's Corbin uh, is right now, that he was meant to betray God? That almost tears in off Well, explain, because if it does, then I well, well, don't want to think like I, that. I guess because the question of predestination with that serpent seed type thing, it almost would it almost would give some people some yeah. See, no hope here, that, oh, I'm just like Judas, and there's, I'm just destined to be this, and I can never change. Because God did give us the, he free gave will. us the humanity, the free will choice, and that's why there is so much evil in this world, because we choose evil over um, the good of God. Yeah. I believe Judas 100% had a choice. And also, let me relate this back. Now, um, let me say this real quick before you go back. Okay. But, in defense of what you're saying, and maybe more what you're thinking, in the mind of God, he, he knows the beginning and the end. In the mind of God, it was mercy. He looked, I'm just saying, he mercy? no doubt looked down Picking through Judas time. to be the one. How's that Picking mercy? the one out of the tribe of the Galileans from the beginning... In the mind of God, it was mercy. How? Because it had to be someone. <laughs> How's that mercy? Okay, why didn't he pick Peter? Because he had plans for Peter. Why didn't he have plans so for he Judas? Does, so when little baby Judas was born, God didn't have plans for him. Yes, he had. He said, you're going to bring my will to pass. Yeah, but happened. that puts him in hell, though. No, he had the chance to be saved after he betrayed him. He could have still been saved, just not oh, a disciple. Oh. I, I still don't agree with you, but I understand. No, yeah, I understand where you're going with that. So that's you completely. Everybody different. has. I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that 
You, you, you don't were, believe he was doomed to go to hell. I don't hell. believe he was doomed to yeah, go to okay. hell. I believe Whatever he had a choice. Him. But he, uh, he was meant to be the one to betray Jesus so God's okay. will would come to pass and God still wanted to save him, but he didn't choose to be okay. saved. Okay, so that actually, I can, I can see that. I because see then that. if he right. had repented afterwards, right. he would have that really powerful but, but testimony he was like Paul. To be the one to betray Jesus all the way up until that point, he had the choice after he did what he did. So So you think he was just exactly like Paul, but he made the decision to not have a great testimony. God's will for his life was to put him through that trial. That's actually really good. And he failed that trial. It was mercy in the eyes of God. You convinced me, I agree. He did not do a good job. Like, Wording it. Okay. Expressing it. So let me. All right. Let me. uh, Saul was 100% doing the work of God. Paul, he believed it, yeah. And believed. Yeah. I also believe Judas was thinking the same thing. Explain. Because Judas is sitting there and he's thinking, honestly, to himself to some degree, I don't agree with the way that this ship's going. Maybe not believing he's doing the work of God, but believing he's doing the best thing. Because he's saying, uh, uh, there's even this theory out there. There's even this theory out there that he's like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to force you to act. I'm going to force you to act because if you're going to deliver us, it needs to come now or never. And he was saying, okay, Jesus, are you going to act or are you going to die the same way that so So many other people have? Yeah. Yeah. Um... because you're too busy over here hobnobbing with with losers and I'm Okay, now let's bring this back to the Antichrist question. Because the Antichrist, according to prophecy, can't be saved. Yes. So is it really the same thing as Judas? Because Judas could have redeemed himself, but the Antichrist won't be able to redeem himself. I'm not sure that Judas I'm not sure that from the moment that Judas stepped in that role that he Does could redeem God himself. Because of the thing the about someone... God births everybody. Well, yeah. Is he... from, the, from the day that every political behind, leader... I don't know if I agree with at all because their theology is just completely different. But according to Left Behind, the Antichrist will not really be human. Yeah, um, I don't what? agree with that one at all. I know. I don't really I, agree, I don't with, agree either, with, with But the left behind theory is that the father of the Antichrist will essentially be Satan. And it, uh, and I don't know if they even really believe this or they just made this because of. Like, the, basically, he was genetically modified story. with three different no, fathers and this and that. He has no creative power. No, basically, said he was a ge- genetically modified clone or something. Was I what they do did. not agree with. I'm just saying what they say. Okay. On the other hand, End Time Ministries, who I agree with a whole lot more than Left Behind because they are apostolics, they have him posed as some kid born in some Eastern European nation who grows up to be a politician. Makes sense. Uh, And there's a lot of people who fit that category right now on this planet who even are teetering into the area of getting close to potential antichrist material okay so what i really believe texas convinced me on judas that it had to be judas but i do not think it's the same answer i think there's like a group of people that could be the antichrist 
and one of them is going to choose to let Satan yep. to like mess with that too much. And that's and my theory on the and that's my theory that on the disciple betraying Jesus. There's a lot of people right now who have that's globalist really agendas, Satanist ideas, etc. I don't think that there unless unless we're already there and the person's already indwelled by Satan or whatever. I don't think that the Antichrist is among us now unless what I just said is the case. I think that he will eventually become the Antichrist. That's what because I think. So he's going to make enough of decisions him. in his life that lead him there. And yes. let me relate wow. this to that why so this matters. That's what I think. And let me relate this yeah. to why this matters. You have a million decisions you can make on your life. Yeah. No, you may not become a Judas. No, you may not become a Judas who literally leads to the death of the Son of God. You may not become the Antichrist, but you can get uh, possessed by the Antichrist and ruin God's will. One of them posted that on here. Or not ruin, but uh, hinder. Can't ruin God's will. David Garrett said it. It's the Antispirit. Antichrist spirit that we're battling right now. Yeah, and yeah. then that's also. Uh, I, I mean, believe, uh, I believe it was in the Book of James. Now there are many antichrists in the world. Yeah, and that's also what I believe will happen to whoever becomes the antichrist. They will get that spirit on them, and but they're the a very powerful person. Obsession. What is, hold on, obsession. Oppression, oppression, obsession, and possession yes. will happen to one singular person, and they will become. And that's the same way that I feel about, and that's the same thing I think happened to Judas, in my opinion. In my personal opinion, I believe it could have been any disciple, any follower of Jesus. In fact, I believe the power of position. Because, think about this Um, the way this question is worded, literally, it's not as simple as yes. And no. It's yeah, honestly kind of disproving itself because there's elements of yes and elements of no. There's well, not. that's everything that's just in But specifically yeah. with this because literally it all well, that's ties a, together. Well, that's the reason I put these out there. We're asking different people. questions, but at the end of the day, this all can be wrapped up into one single question. Which is? Is there a destiny, a predestination? Is that what you're Well, at? I believe, and the way I feel about it is this. Um, your lives are formed by your choices. It's that random sign on, I've seen on the side of the road in a, on the way to Princeton um, from Marion. And our lives are formed by our choices. Um, and that is, everyone's life is formed by their choices. But everyone gets different choices thrown at you. I believe from the moment Judas was born, he was on the list of, that guy could be the guy that betrays me. I believe from the day that the Antichrist is born... That guy could be the guy who leads the world into the mark of the beast in the end times, etc. I believe from the moment he's born, the guy who's going to be the false prophet had that option thrown at him. You're on the list. And also, I believe from the day he's born, the guy who was to be your pastor. That could be your pastor someday. From the moment he was born, that guy could be the man who leads us into World War II. I believe Hitler had that same option thrown at him. In fact, if the world had been on better track, who knows, Hitler could have been the Antichrist. I'm not sure the end times is set to happen when it has to happen. That's what I think it was. I didn't hear it. Texas told me. I think it was Brother Gleason said that 
the Hitler and somebody else were trying to bring bring out the end times before God wanted it to happen. Yeah, uh, the devil's been trying to get the plan in motion for a long time. Julius Caesar could have been the Antichrist. A lot of people think that John F. Kennedy was shot because he was bringing things that the world was not ready. Honestly, that brings us to... Yeah, Um, let's think about this. Uh, Let's move past this question and to... Well, not past this question, but to kind of shift it a little bit. Um, Shift it a little bit. I mean, you know, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith fell not. That, that choice was given to Peter. Satan has desired to mess you up. Yeah. But I've been praying for you. Because I know I've got a greater plan for you than that. Because you've been getting yourself in my presence. So I've been praying for you, Peter, that you won't fail. That, prayer, that same prayer went to someone else too. Genesis chapter 4. If you do well, will I not accept you? However, sin is waiting at the door. Sin is waiting at the door for you, Cain. That same thing. If you do well, Cain had the option. Cain didn't have to be the first murderer on the planet. But he chose to be. So, I, I view our lives as multiple choice. Um, I'm I'm not forcing that opinion on you guys 100%, but I I believe Satan's got a will for your life, God's got a will for your life, and where you fall is going to be somewhere in the middle. Where you fall is going to be somewhere in the middle of the choices. Um, Because no matter what, you're going to sin at least once. God's will for your life would be for you to never sin, go straight into getting the Holy Ghost as soon as you possibly can. God would love for that to be your story. But that's not your story. Because for one thing, you're born to parents who didn't pick perfect choices. You're born to, you're living with grandparents who didn't pick perfect choices. Um, Christians do good and serve Jesus because the Holy Spirit's working in them either greatly or small. Followers of the devil do evil and serve the devil because his spirit is in them. The Antichrist will make his followers feel good for doing evil. And we see that working now. Evil people are joyful in their evil works. That's literally... Abortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Push it like it's the grandest thing out there. That's a huge one. And in fact, that's one of the most... That's that's a very interesting question. Because is it God's will... For someone to die by murder. No, because it's a sin, and God doesn't want what you did, to what sin. What did God say after the first murder to Cain? Cain, your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And people say that's not literally just his blood. That's your brother's bloodline is screaming at me. Oh wow! Everyone that your brother could have produced is no longer able to be produced. And how many generations? I mean, it, I know this is totally off the wall, but it, it kind of reminds me of that line from. It kind of reminds me of the of, of the line from uh, Star Wars first movie. Thousands of voices crying out at once. 
and suddenly silenced. And that comes from Star Wars. Uh, after Darth Vader goes and blows up a planet. Uh, but that's the same... I, I, I kind of picture that's the same kind of thing that God was feeling every time someone is killed. Thousands of voices crying out all at once, suddenly silence. And imagine that multiplied by six million a day. Or, or six million every year, not a day. But... Yes, yeah, like, no, six million, and really it was six million over the course of the years of the uh, uh, Holocaust. But abortions, it's the same kind of thing. I don't believe it's God's plan at all. I mean, of course, babies die naturally all the time. Yeah. Uh, birth defects, messed up pregnancies, uh, etc. That happens all the time. I horrible things but and, and it's kind of hard to think about but yeah um, what what power do we really have what power do we really have to stop things like that go against the will of God sometimes uh, I think that's like the starfish story yeah yeah you can't stop it but you can make a difference in you and I mean, for example, I mean, we mentioned uh, Victor Jackson, uh, yeah. and think I about mean, how Jackson. that one person's life being changed. Well, if the one person had not said something to Victor Jackson and invited him to church, Victor Jackson would not have preached NAYC this last year. And Eddie would not have listened to it, and Eddie would not have uh, been in such a good place the day before he died. Yeah. If that one random person, whoever invited Victor Jackson to church ten plus years ago, if some would have changed if some, our lives, if some little boy hadn't been impacted by the ministry of Brother Stone King and got a deep prayer life, he never would have started a campus ministry. But which would have led to, uh, which led to Victor Jackson being reached, which led to him preaching youth congress and preaching the message we opened up with talking about today. Mm. And then you go destined back, for greatness. And then you go back to whoever reached uh, Brother, Stone, Brother King. Stone King, and then whoever reached the person who reached Brother Stone King, and that is why one person makes a difference. Yes, yes, that's so good. Absolutely, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. One of the most powerful things that happened with Brother Stone King's ministry started on an airplane floor in Sydney, Australia, when he almost died. Yeah. Yeah. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Yeah. Our lives are formed by our choices. Yeah. So that kind of leads to this um, one, one, one other thing I'm kind of thinking about here um, how much power do we have in stopping God's will from happening I don't think you can stop God's will from happening I think you can hinder it and the way that you can 
you can change the way God originally planned for it to happen, but you can't stop it. I think there's two different things here, too. There's the will of God and there's the plan of God. Yeah. The plan of God is something that does have to happen. Uh, but the will of God is something that you can do, right? It doesn't matter how much you pray, you're not going to stop the Antichrist from taking your position someday. Yeah. I mean, you're you could say, you could get, them. you could try your best to get every political leader in the world saved right now. But it's going to happen someday. And we know there has to be a difference with the will of God in the scripture you're talking about. The perfect will. I'm, I'm, as Brother Mark Brown world. puts it, do you want a good cup of coffee, an acceptable cup of coffee, or a perfect cup of coffee? So, this is really out there. Did God know that Lucifer was Yeah. I wondered that. <laughs> I think he did. He's God. Well, we haven't even touched on Lucifer. I didn't even think to make notes on him. He's God. Of course he did. So when he created him, he created him to do that? I don't think I God think may- creates people to do things. Could it have been Gabriel? Could it have been Michael? I guess that goes back to the... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We have gone way over 10 minutes on this question. Yeah, I, I, well, I've kind of factored in elements of other questions. Stephanie, in have you got into that uninvited book very much? I read the first two chapters. A okay, ago. so she was talking about... What's this book, Uninvited, written Lisa by... Turkish, yeah. Lisa Turkish, yeah. She said that... Uh, it's Lisa. Talking about, Caleb, let me know. <laughs> she was talking about uh, the beginning with Adam and Eve. And how it was perfect, but how their sin caused their their disobedience to God caused sin to enter into the world. So now nothing is perfect since then. So basically, everything from there is tainted by I mean, the evil of sin. And so God's love is perfect, but everything else is skewed. Yeah, uh, and that kind of leads to, leads to how different would the world have been if Abel were never murdered by Cain? We have no idea. Sin had already entered into the world at that point, but what if Abel had never been murdered? What if uh, mankind didn't get so horrible that Ark had to be built? What but if, at some point, something evil was going to yeah, happen. Yes, something evil to... was bound to happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, because from the moment the fruit was bitten into, life was messed up. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way everything is in this entire world. Even if Hitler never comes to power, at some point that war is probably going to happen. Uh, I, I, I believe World War II, World War I had to happen. Uh, I believe most likely every major war that's ever happened had to happen. And God had it happen when it happened for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even sure that it had to happen when it happened, but it had to happen. No, I think it had to happen when it happened. Oh, you it's, think the timeline? Yes, had to it's be just kind of like it we just might have been a different politician in the seat. I or agree. Something like that. Because I if agree God had waited any longer, maybe He would have had to kill all humanity and not save just one family. That might be true. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. That it had to happen when it happened because if that were the case. God, if Hitler were trying to bring about the end times when he did, he wouldn't have stopped it. 
if he was ready for it to happen. So, kind of like when a rose grows and it's closed up, once it comes to full full bloom, it's going to start to die. Uh, what, what is it? What is it? Okay. I am doing a new thing. Behold, now it will break forth. I mean, you've got to understand. Yeah. God put a lot of confidence in humanity when he said, let us make man in our image. Basically, we're going to make one creation that are like us. And then he realized yeah. these people are really capable when they started building the Tower of Babel. And he was like, if they come together, I've got to do something. Stop them. Yes, and if they come together, nothing will stop them. I wrote that down on here, actually. If they come together, nothing will stop them. The power of unity. There is absolute power in unity. And if he doesn't interfere, things get majorly messed up. So, um, maybe sometimes a hurricane has to happen because something was about to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the, f- I mean, the flood was for a reason. It was to, okay, we got to reset. It's getting so bad that once Noah dies, I'm not sure his sons are going to be okay. I mean, and even like he, the, he allowed King Saul to come up. Samuel had not prepared his sons to take over. Yes, he allowed King Saul to come up. And through the reign of King Saul, David was developed. Yeah. Wow. Why was it when Saul had a son who seems to be good that David had to be the one? I don't know the answer to that, do you? Well, because, I mean, I, as far as I can tell, Jonathan may have been Saul's only good son. <laughs> well, also, you got to think of the lineage. And here's the because thing, of, he's in the wrong because line. Because of God's promise to Abraham. It oh, could have been yeah. Jonathan. That's true. Wow. Well, it, it was basically, he said, out of the tribe of Judah, Jesus had to be born. I'm so going to put Saul in here. Just choose David to start with? Because, because they wanted a king Abraham. now. Oh, that's true. They wanted a king Whoa. now. They so outrun God's time. They if they had, had waited David. another 50 years or... Uh, or 60 years for David to grow into king age it could have been different but they didn't they didn't okay, wait for David so to get to king prayer age prayer thing. you were talking about that we can make God outrun his timing through our prayers I believe talk about what you were talking about Sister Shatwell I believe it's Sister Shatwell who told this story where there was a missionary's wife who was dying Sister Shatwell's praying, God, heal her. God, I need you to heal her right now. Let this heal. And he, she saw a hand come up in front of her face and say, Stop praying. Stop praying. You're praying against my will. God, how could it possibly be your will for her to die? Everyone has a set time to die. I don't know that it has to be a certain day, a certain month, or whatever. But there comes a point. It's appointed unto every man once to die. Uh, but and we pray a lot of times. We get the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah has the prophet come to him and say, "You're going to die." Hezekiah turns to the wall and prays, "God, don't let me die yet." Prophet gets sent in before he can even get out the front door. Okay, God said you got ten more years. 
15. 15. I, 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 was like, I, I was like, that don't sound right. Hold on. You get 15 more years. You can, uh, but during that 15 years, he has a son that becomes the most wicked king that Israel ever sees. And he also is the cause of Babylon. And he's the cause of, and he also, during that time, says, oh, they're coming from this, uh, some guys visited me from this faraway country I've never really heard of, Babylon? And, yeah, Babylon's going to bring you guys into captivity. We can pray and we can really not go in the will of God by our own prayers. I know a story of someone who prayed something absolutely against the will of God and it happened. She prayed for a sin to happen. And it happened. To this day, her entire immediate family is not in church to this day. And even though now she is. Yeah. It's crazy. Something totally against the will of God. And it her kids messed up all that and but it was totally against the will of God what she prayed. On the other hand, you can pray something out of God's timing and good things can happen. A Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus and he tells her it's not your time yet. Her time's only three years away. But it's not her time yet. So she accelerated God's will. She accelerated God's will. Another Victor Jackson message, by the way. She prayed something that was not currently hers to have. But he said, she was willing to say, can I at least get a little bit of something? I need my daughter to be healed. Delivered from a devil. And it happened. Daniel prayed and fasted. And Satan was able to hinder that prayer by sending devils to fight the angels coming to answer his prayer. Prayer is powerful. And prayer, I believe, the scripture does reveal, can do things that God's not ready for yet. It can be good things and it can be bad things. So we need to be careful when we pray. We need to be careful when we pray. We need to be submitted to the will of God. And here's an interesting thing. I think I may wrap up with this one because I really think it's a positive thing in some ways. The power in our prayers. Uh, It's a positive thing in some ways that we can go outside of... We can pray things that can go outside of the will of God or God's timing, God's plan. And great things can happen because of it. We like we, we were talking about David. Let's talk about David's great grandmother. David's what? Great grandmother. Oh, yeah. She stepped outside of the set timeline of God. God had said in Deuteronomy twenty three and three Thou shalt not marry a Moabite unto the tenth generation. A Moabite or an Ammonite unto the tenth generation. 
the tenth generation from the day Moab was born was the man who would become David's grandfather, not Ruth. Thank you for letting me know that, Brother David. <laughs> uh, yeah, ten generations removed was the man, was David's grandfather's generation, not David's great-grandmother's generation. But she got to marry an Israelite, live in the promise and covenant of God, because she was willing to say, no matter what, I will be submitted and make your God my God. Man. There's this thing called repentance. Jonah talked about it. God, I didn't want to preach to him because I knew your will was to, to destroy them, but if they repented, you wouldn't. Yeah. I knew you'd do that, God. I don't want you to do that. But people have the power to make choices that God's plan can be delayed or accelerated for the good or for the bad. People have choices. We're not robots. We are not robots. We're not... And in fact, people say the fact that we're not robots is actually proof of God's existence. Because if there is no God and we're just biology, then we're robots, basically. Chemical reactions decide everything we do. But if chemical reactions don't decide everything you do, you're not bound by what your dad did or what your mom did, your uncle, your aunt. You're not bound by that. You're not bound by the mistakes of Judas you're not bound by the mistakes of whoever the Antichrist may be. You're not bound by mistakes made before the earth was formed by Lucifer himself. And you're not even bound by your own mistakes because repentance can Repentance erases it all. Yes. It's beautiful. The fact that we can decide our fate. I heard this story, and I think I'm going to wrap up with this story. I was thinking about this story uh, the other day. One of our very first podcasts, we got this question about, what do you think about deathbed repentance? And we even touched on it with suicide mentioned in our uh, summary episode. Uh, what do you think about the idea that you can repent on your deathbed? There's a story about a woman named Nona Freeman. She was called by God when she was a little girl to become a missionary to Africa. She decided to go way off course and not live for God. She called it her Jonah years. And during that time, she gets... With a, she gets with this nice guy, uh, but he's not an apostolic by any means. Um, but she ends up going home and becomes deathly ill. She's laying, about to die, and they think there's no hope for her coming back. And she said she saw herself falling down into the pits of hell. 
But she repented during the time that she saw where she was going. And suddenly she began to lift up before the gates of heaven. And God said, you were supposed to have a lot more people come with you. But I will let you come in. What if she let that happen? Would she still get to go to heaven? Yeah. According to her vision, she would have. Yeah. So, even though it was not the plan of God for her to die when she was still a young woman, unmarried, with no children, and not having ever reached a single person from the continent of Africa, she still, it's not... I'd call that the acceptable will of God. She followed the plan of salvation for her sake. Yeah. Yeah. That's the acceptable will of God. It's not the perfect will, but it's acceptable. But she still gets to go before the throne of God and worship. But that's not what happened. What happened is she said, God, send me back and I'll do it. She comes back. That nice guy who was an apostolic becomes saved and they serve for years and years as African missionaries. They reach people even as well known as the pastor's wife of Harvest House. And Sister Bethany here was also very impacted by it. And as I thought on that story today, my mind went to people who I questioned how much they fulfilled the will of God. And, I'm, and I, I sit there and I think, maybe, just maybe, that same story happened for them. We don't know. But we have choices. And your story can end up better. And you don't have God say, I wish you could have had a lot more come in. We have choices. We can repent today. We can go a different direction. So, you have any other thoughts? I don't. I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to go into that little preach there, but it's important. We need to fulfill the will of God. But we can fulfill it our way. I even kind of question if the Bible had to be phrased in the exact way. But Isaiah had his own little way of saying things, and Peter did too. And so did King James. And then King James and Eugene Peterson put their own little spin on it as well. But it's still the Word of God. No matter how, no matter what way, And even the translations that people question how doctrinally accurate they are, people still get the same revelation of the oneness of God, the same revelation of the plan of salvation, the same revelation of Jesus' name baptism. Through our little human mistakes, God's glory still shines through. Praise the Lord, everyone. We'll see you guys again next week. Looks like our video is lagging still, but uh, we're going to try our best to. This is available on audio podcast, so go check that out. Subscribe, review, rate, 
get that out there to all the people. To God be the glory.